Hey guys, God bless you. Uh, my name is Danny and I'm so glad that we are together uh, to be able to worship together, to be able to open up God's word and study together, and hopefully uh, to provide some encouragement uh, for each other. I really wish that we can get together in person, but for everybody's safety, uh, I think this is best that we are just able to uh, stay at home um, until this all dies down. Uh, and I'm just so grateful that at the very least we have this technology, these means, uh, and social media that we can stay connected. And so I'm so glad we can worship at least by these means. On that same note, I, I wanna emphasize something very important. I'm so glad that you're here uh, on a Sunday, worshiping together, studying the Bible. I love the fact that we are able to do this on a Sunday, uh, but there are other opportunities during the week that you can plug in. And I wanna make sure that you know about them and that you're getting plugged in. Wednesday nights, we have our Bible study and discussion group on Google Hangouts. And then Friday nights, we do a prayer and worship. So I think it's so important, especially during these times, that we seek out these opportunities to get together as much as possible. And so I'm so glad that at the very least, uh, we can continue to meet um, through Google Hangouts, Facebook Live, uh, and on Sundays here, whatever platform you're watching on. Uh, so I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Sundays are great, but take the next step in gathering together on Wednesday nights and Friday nights. I would love to see you. Uh, this week. Uh, now we've been in a series called What's Next and we've been talking about uh, the next steps that everybody needs to take. We've mentioned that everybody's on a spiritual journey and then everybody has a next step to take no matter where you are on that spiritual journey. In week one we talked about being a part of a new family, the family that's put together by Jesus, that we can all be called children of God because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross to make us one. And maybe that was the next step for you. Uh, last week for Easter we spoke about communion and we spoke about the importance of communion and and what it represents the blood of Jesus uh, his death on the cross and, and on the cross for uh, the forgiveness of our sin the atonement of our sin and the importance of that maybe the next step for you uh, would be to take communion uh, today we're going to be talking about baptism I wanted to begin by asking you guys a question and by the way I'm going to give you a, a difficult question this week it's one that you're going to have to think about uh, a little bit it was a little bit hard for me to ponder uh, but I say, hey, I've been giving you guys softballs <laughs> the past few weeks uh, of these questions. So here's a little bit of a difficult one. You may need to think about it a little bit. Uh, think about this question. Uh, can you consider or can you think about an, an emblem or uh, an object or maybe an event that is symbolic or representative of something else? Uh, an emblem, um, some sort of event. Can you consider, can you think of something like that? Um, here, here's, for, here's for example... Here's one. Uh, what about a cross? When you see a cross, what does it remind you of? What does that symbol uh, help bring to your memory? Uh, maybe you see a cross on top of a church building. Uh, maybe you have a necklace that you wear that has a cross. Uh, maybe some of you have an earring that has a cross on it. Uh, what about on the cover of your Bible? There's a cross on the cover of your Bible. What do you think of when you see that emblem, when you think of, when you see that symbol, what comes to mind? No doubt you remember Jesus' death on the cross for your salvation. Maybe it reminds you of the forgiveness that you experience. Maybe it reminds you of your faith. What does that emblem, what does that symbol represent? Uh, here's another one, I have it in my pocket here. Let me see if I can grab it for you guys. Right here, what, is, what does this emblem mean? What is this a symbol of? What does this uh, represent? This is a, a wedding ring. And I have a wedding ring, and it's just a symbol. It's just gold or whatever material you have your ring made out of. But what does it represent? What does it mean? What is the symbolism behind the ring? 
Well, the wedding ring is a, it's an outward expression of my love for my wife. It's a commitment. Uh, you can say it's a covenant. It's symbolic of the union of two people. Uh, for my wife and I, it doesn't make us married. Uh, it doesn't make us in love. It's a representation of that love and that commitment to that covenant uh, towards one another. The ring in and of itself uh, may or may not be that valuable, but it, what it represents uh, has infinite value. And it really means something important. And today we're going to be talking about baptism, and baptism is similar to that. Um, and, and hopefully we're going to help you understand that a little bit more. Uh, but it, it's, it's this outward thing that expresses something symbolic and something important. In fact, if you're taking notes today, this is our big idea. You can write this down. And that is that baptism is an outward expression of inward change. Baptism is an outward expression of inward change. You see, outwardly, it demonstrates a personal promise, a personal commitment that you make uh, between you and God. Uh, but it, it, it portrays that outwardly. It shows the rest of the world, your friends, your family members, this commitment, this covenant that you've made, this promise that you've made uh, to, to, to God, to allow Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And it's this beautiful public picture that everyone is able uh, to be invited to see. It's a declaration to your family. It's a declaration to your friends. It's a declaration to your neighbors and, and family that, that you've made this decision, this private decision between you and God, and you make it public and you tell the rest of the world. Baptism is an outward expression of inward change. And you know, for me personally as a pastor, man, I, I can't really think of anything that brings me more joy than experiencing baptism. It's the moments, th those are the moments that I absolutely live for. And I can't wait to experience uh, when we see someone make a decision to follow Jesus and then go public with their faith and get baptized. Those are the moments that I absolutely look forward to. In fact, it's my prayer that if you call Swerve Church home and you made a decision to follow Jesus, I, I pray and I hope that you would take this act of faith and this step of obedience to get baptized. That's what I pray and hope for each and every single one of you uh, that call Swerve home and you haven't been baptized uh, yet. Uh, you know, I, I, a couple years ago, I had the great privilege of being able to baptize uh, my son. It's probably one of the most memorable baptisms that I've ever been a part of to be able to baptize my oldest junior. It was great to be a part of it. And, and I tell him that it's, it's a baptism that he'll never forget because uh, moments before we were going to do our baptism service, we got early uh, to the facility that we were holding the baptism at. We filled up the pool uh, and it wasn't until moments before uh, that we learned that there was no hot water. Apparently the boiler ran out of oil or, or whatever and there was absolutely no hot water. Uh, mind you, this was in the middle of December. It was the middle of December when we were baptizing him. Uh, and so we, we reluctantly went ahead uh, with the baptism. Uh, man, I tell you, my wife and I, we, we baptized a couple people that night. And uh, I was numb from the waist down. I couldn't feel anything because of how cold the water was. And then we took Junior and he came and, and shivering, he made a public declaration of his faith. And we dunked him in that ice cold water and, uh, and he nearly got hypothermia because of how cold it was. But it was, certainly was memorable. Uh, baptism is just one of those celebrations that I long to see and live for. So what's your next step today? And maybe it's this, maybe it's to get baptized and to go public uh, with your faith. 
is this your next step? We hope to answer some more of your uh, some of the questions that you might have uh, today about baptism. Maybe you're like, what is baptism? What, what is that all about? Why do we do baptism? Uh, and maybe you're even asking, do I get baptized? Or who is baptism for? Well, we hope that by the end of today's teaching, you'll be able to have the answer uh, to some of those questions. So if you're ready to dig into God's Word, would you guys give me a thumbs up and let me know that you're ready so we can go ahead. Let me see those thumbs up. Let me see them. All right, let's dig in. Here's number one. You can write this down in your notes, and that is that baptism is an act of obedience. Baptism is an act of obedience. Now, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, but before we do, uh, allow me to set it up for you. Uh, this is after the resurrection of Jesus. Last week, we celebrated Easter, uh, which is all about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, after he resurrected from the grave, uh, he appeared to his disciples and he appeared uh, to well over 500 people as well in his resurrected body. And before he ascended back into heaven, he shared some words with the disciples. And among those last words, he said this um, in uh, Matthew 28, 19. Now, this is uh, known uh, for, by many people as the Great Commission. Here's what he says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. He says, go... Now that's an action word, okay? It means you have to take action and do something. He says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so why do we baptize? Well, quite simply put, we baptize because Jesus told us to. <laughs> Jesus gave us the command and we obeyed Jesus. You see, it's a step of faith. It's an act of obedience. And if Jesus Christ is King and if He is Lord of our lives, then we listen to our King and we listen to what He tells us to do. We follow what He says and we obediently follow His voice. If Jesus is the King of your life, then you have to take that act of faith and step of obedience to do what He asks of you. And here He's asking us to make disciples of all nations. That's the responsibility that we all have and to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's a responsibility that we all have to take if you've made Jesus Christ King in your life. He's Lord, your Lord and Savior. And so here's the question that you need to ponder today. And that is, are you being obedient? Are you being obedient? Is Jesus your King? Uh, have you made Him Lord and Savior of your life? Then have you taken this step of obedience? If He is King of your life, if He is your Lord and Savior... Uh, then why do we get baptized? Because we want to obey our King and we want to follow Him. It's an act of obedience. Here's number two, and this may sound a little familiar from last week, and that is that baptism is symbolic. Baptism is symbolic, much like what we mentioned last week about communion. It's an act that is representative of something else. In other words, there's, there's meaning behind the act of baptism. Now, what does that mean? We'll get to that in a second. But it also means that kind of like communion, um, that there's nothing particularly magical about it. Now, I know there's a lot of people that have differing opinions about that. But according to the Bible, there's nothing magical uh, behind the act of communion or baptism. It is representative or symbolic of something else. Now, it is a special act because it is an act of obedience. There's something holy and special about baptism, uh, but it's not a means to an end. In other words, it's not a means of salvation, it's a byproduct of salvation. 
You see, you, you're not saved by the act of baptism. Your sins are not forgiven by the act of baptism. Baptism is a byproduct of salvation. Uh, so you get baptized after you've made a decision to follow Jesus. Now, I want to read the words of Paul in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 to 4. Would you guys follow along? Here's what it says. He says, Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. Do you guys see the picture that Paul is painting here and how he compares uh, our baptism to Jesus' life, death, and resurrection? You see, as Jesus was placed into a tomb before Christ, we are spiritually dead because of our sin. That's what the Bible says in other verses throughout Scripture, that we were dead in our sin and in our trespasses. And as we go underwater, it is symbolically burying the sinful man, the dead man in our sin. It's symbolically putting him under the ground, that man that was bondage to sin. And as Jesus conquered the grave, we identify with the resurrection because faith in Christ makes us alive. And so picture this, in baptism, we are spiritually dead before Christ. And so we put to death our sinful self and it we dunk him under the water as Jesus was placed in a tomb we go under the water and then as we have put our faith in Christ we are raised uh, to newness of life as Jesus conquered the grave and was resurrected we too are resurrected in him we are made new perhaps one of my favorite verses that helps uh, really put this into perspective is 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 uh, would you guys go ahead and read this verse out loud with me right there in your living rooms uh, in your kitchen in your bedroom wherever you are let's read this verse out loud ready go therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Baptism is a beautiful picture of God's redemptive work in us. It is symbolic, and it's a picture of what God has done in us and what He continues to do in us, and we can see that and portray that in baptism. We want to answer the question, who is this for? And that's exactly what's next in your notes. Number three in your notes is baptism is for followers of Jesus. Baptism is for followers of Jesus. Now, this is really important for us to acknowledge and to make note of because this is not a religious funnel to shuffle many people through. I mean, this is not, uh, you know, a, a day at the water park. Let's try to get as many people into the pool as possible. No, this is a holy moment. And it's a decision that we celebrate, a decision that people have made to follow Jesus. And we're not trying to funnel as many people through the process as possible. We want to honor the decision that somebody has made. This act, the act of baptism, is saved for people who have publicly declared their faith in Jesus. Now, in Acts chapter 2, um, we read, once again, this is after the ascension of uh, Jesus, um, after he's ascended into heaven, uh, he promises the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the disciples, and the Bible says about 120 others were, were waiting for this promise. And the Holy Spirit is poured out on the believers, on the followers of Jesus. And the Bible goes on to say in the book of Acts that Peter begins uh, to proclaim the gospel, filled by the Holy Spirit. He begins to proclaim the gospel. And it says that the people that were listening to this message, listening to the good news, says that they were cut to the heart. And they asked Peter, what should we do? And this is what it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter replied, 
repent and be baptized each of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you continue to read a few more verses down, it says this, so those who accepted his message were baptized. Those who accepted the gospel message were then baptized. The key focus is that those who believe, those who accepted the message, those are the ones that were baptized, those who put their faith in Jesus. And it's so important for us to realize that baptism is not a religious pathway to piety, right? It's not a religious pathway to make ourselves more holy. Now, the verse says that those who believed were baptized. And so the question for you to ponder today is, are you a follower of Jesus? Have you made a decision to follow Jesus and to accept uh, his death on your behalf and his resurrection power to make you alive? Are you a follower of Jesus? Have you put your faith in Jesus? The good news is that today, if you haven't, you can. You can experience salvation. You can experience God's gift of grace and God's gift of, of love and mercy made available to you in Jesus. You can experience that today. All you have to do is put your faith in Jesus. Accept His work on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. Admit admit that you are in need of a Savior. Admit your sinfulness. And then the Bible says you need to believe in your heart. That, that God made a way for you in Jesus Christ. Believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and that God raised him from the dead and then confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you too can be saved. That's the good news for today. If you, if you haven't made that decision, you have an opportunity to do that today. And here's the last point today, number four in your notes, and that is that baptism is a celebration. This is my most favorite, this is my favorite part of the whole thing, and that is that baptism is a celebration. Now listen, who doesn't love to throw a party? Who doesn't love to celebrate? I can't wait till this whole virus thing is over and we are able to gather together so that we can throw a big party and eat a ton of food and cut cake and just celebrate. Because who doesn't love a good celebration? And that's what baptism is. Baptism is a party. At least, <laughs> definitely when we do it at Swerve. We clap, we sing, we cheer, we celebrate, we cut cake, we eat, because it is an amazing thing to see somebody go public with their faith. So we celebrate. And I think there's a beautiful, uh, there's a beautiful story in the book of Acts that I think really paints a lovely picture of this. Paul, who was the author of uh, the book of Romans that we read a little while ago, uh, him and his ministry companion Silas were uh, imprisoned and in chains because of their proclamation of the gospel, for sharing the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ uh, with many people. So they were jailed. And the Bible says that they were in prison, in shackles, being guarded by a jailer. A guard was by their side at all times. And the Bible says that they were uh, singing hymns and proclaiming the gospel to the other prisoners. When all of a sudden, there was an earthquake. The Bible says that the earthquake uh, rumbled the whole place and, and shook the whole place up, so much so that all the shackles uh, broke loose of all the prisoners and they all ran away. Uh, everyone except, of course, Paul and Silas. Uh, but the Bible goes on to say that that the jailer took a knife and was about to take away his life, uh, realizing that he had lost uh, some of these most infamous prisoners, uh, especially thinking that Paul and Silas had gotten away. Uh, but Paul shouted out, don't do it, we are still here. 
Well, if you go on to read in Acts chapter 16, Paul shares the gospel uh, with this jailer and he makes a decision to follow Jesus Christ. <laughs> Even uh, in shackles and in prison, uh, Paul was able to share the good news and the jailer makes this decision to follow Jesus and it's a celebration. The jailer is so excited about this news that he brings uh, Paul and Silas to his house. They share the gospel with his family and guess what? They put their faith in Jesus too. And then we read this in Acts chapter 16, verse 33 and 34. It says, right away, he, talking about the jailer, and all his family were baptized. He brought them into his house. Check this out. He set a meal before them. In other words, he brought out the penil, the rice and the beans and the cake and rejoiced because he had come to believe in God with his entire household. What did they do? They rejoiced. They rejoiced. Why? because they had come to believe God and the provision that he made in Jesus Christ. This is amazing. The jailer, uh, the, the, the guard and his whole entire family put their faith in Jesus and they throw a party and they celebrate and they rejoice. Baptism is a celebration. It is a joy. Why? Because of Jesus, because of his work in our lives, because of his love, because of his mercy, because of his forgiveness. And that's why we celebrate. You know, in Luke chapter 15, uh, Jesus shares a, a, a series of parables and in each one he's trying to portray the extent of God's love and mercy. And I love what he says in Luke 15, 10. Here's what he says. Would you guys read this verse out loud with me? It says, I tell you in the same way there is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. In other words, there's a party in heaven when one sinner comes to repentance, the angels throw a party, a big Super Bowl party, every time somebody makes a decision to follow Jesus. And if they do it in heaven, guess what? So will we. Are you a follower of Jesus? The good news is that you can be. And if you are a follower of Jesus, have you taken an act of faith and a step of obedience and gotten baptized? What's holding you back? Let's pray. God, I want to thank you uh, so much for this, the beautiful picture of baptism. It's an amazing picture, uh, not only of a reminder of, of your death and resurrection, but also your ability and willingness uh, to forgive us and make us clean and make us brand new. God, I pray that you would give us obedient hearts to obey your commands, that if Jesus is Lord and King, then we would take uh, this step of faith and uh, this act of obedience to do what you say. And God, I thank you that you make lives new and we celebrate that in Jesus' mighty and matchless name. Amen.